the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hey guys, welcome to Oral Sessions with Renee Paquette. This is where we mash up the best of the week. We take our interviews from Tuesday and Thursday, what those episodes were. We take those highlights. We put them together all here in one convenient place for your listening pleasure. Uh, Hopefully you guys enjoy what we put together here for you guys. And if you want to go back and listen to these interviews in their entirety, you can do that right here where you're listening as it is. Um, So anywhere you guys are listening to podcasts, you can go back and find those full length interviews. But otherwise we've, uh, we've done a little bit of heavy lifting for you and gave you guys some of the highlights from what, from what you want to hear. But you know, we're so lucky with all the amazing guests that we have on oral sessions that I'm sure if you're fans of these people, you're going to want to go back and hear more of their story here, more of who these people are and what makes them tick and what has led to their success, all that fun stuff. Um, I love what I get to do here and I love getting to chat with all these interesting and fascinating people. It's a hell of a time. And yeah, now we just get to do a little best stuff here on the weekend. So here we go. Let's get into it. Here's the best stuff from this week on oral sessions. Um, okay, we were talking about a little bit earlier, somebody had alluded to it, of um, the flipping off at Money in the Bank. What happened? Where did this come from? Because me just watching at home, I was like, oh, hell yeah, why did my TV just go black for a second? What happened? Pray tell. Well, for like a moment, I walked out, like after the match, I was like, walk into the grill, and I was like, oh, yeah, I gave them the bird. Am I going like, to get in trouble? An aggressive bird. Yeah, because they pissed me off. Yeah. It really pissed me off. You guys asked for it. Well, hear me out. Because I'm like, I've got Rhea Ripley. First big pay-per-view with me. And I get it. Everyone's excited to have Becky back. I'm excited to have Becky back. But you guys went from chanting Becky to this is awesome. If you know what I'm capable of, show the respect up front. I don't know. I just for like, I'm usually so like cookie cutter and black and white and happy Monday, happy Tuesday. But in that moment, I just felt it because I just was like, let me steal the show with Rhea Ripley because I know she's that good. Why do you Like, think- don't disrespect her. Like, I'm used to it. Like, I can take the beating. But why do you think that continually happens to you? Because, I mean, I have to agree. I mean, I think every time you go out there, whether it's a promo yep. or it's a match, you crush it. But for some reason, people want to revolt and be against you. What's up with that? I really think it's our chemistry. I really think... What her and I did with each other from evolution to her turning on me to all the way getting to the main event, I think they just know that's the only way to attack Charlotte Flair. I don't know how else you're going to attack me. What is the status of your relationship with Becky now? I mean, you guys were super tight for a really long time. Where are you guys at now? I, don't I know, know there's a crowd here, but like between, I mean, I can't say between you and I were on a mic and this is going to go out to a bunch of people, but like. I've always been kind of curious, like genuinely as somebody that knows both of you, what the deal is with your guys' relationship now. She's a mom. Yeah. And she's so happy. And to see the career that she had, or not, I mean, has, but the ride that she had, and then to go off and have a baby and be able, like for me to see that on the outside, like I'm looking at it going, okay, you can have it all. You can do it all. You can be a mom. You can main event. You still can come back. Like to me, I'm just looking at, 
Bex going, that's inspiration and goals for me. Like if I ever do want to step away and when I want to step away to have little manis. Oh my God. Do you imagine those athletes? Hell yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean that to me, like that's our relationship. Like it's, there's just so much respect there Mm -hmm. because I know what it takes to be in her spot and she knows what it takes to be in my spot. So no, are we driving around calling each other Thelma and Louise and eating omelets anymore? No. What happened? But we both have grown up. What happened for you guys to not really be in that position anymore, to be I, that tight? Honestly, I don't think anything happened. I really think that her and I depended so much on each other as best friends. And, like, it was easy. Like, she was my ride or die, my go-to, and, like, just needed to happen. Like, I met Manny. She met Seth. Her career took off. I always say the fans booing me through all of that when I was supposed to be the good guy is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me as a performer because it really, like, I think now I'm like, man, had I given, like, why was I so, like, cheer me, I'm the good guy. Like, no, be Charlotte Flair, be unapologetic. Like, don't be sorry that you're that good. And at that time, I was like, no, cheer me. Like, yeah, you're right, you like Becky, but I'm supposed to be good. Like, I was, like, almost, like, pandering for them to, like, like me instead of, like, going out there and being the Ferrari, like... I, it took me to where, like, and I've never really said this, I don't think, but when I wrestled Rhonda, I was like, well, this sucks. There's a three-day build. I'm wrestling Ronda Rousey. This isn't supposed to happen. I know how good I am. So what do I have to do? Show the world how good I am. And I did that. Why do you think So it's- I just go, had I felt that confidence in, during that feud against her, I think how the fans had viewed me, they would have seen that badass that beat Rhonda to hell with a kendo stick with Becky. But instead they saw this girl that was like, no, you like me, right? Like, why did I care so much? Why why do you think you cared so much? How did it like just even get to a place of having that confidence? Have you always been like that of kind of wanting to be a bit of a people pleaser? Yes, always. And then like, there's always still the chip on my shoulder. Like, even at ESPN, when they put Ric Flair's daughter at WrestleMania 35, it was Ronda, me, and Becky. Bex had, um, she had Royal Rumble winner, SmackDown champion, or no, I don't think she it was Royal Rumble. Ronda had many accolades, and then they go to me and they go, Ric Flair's daughter? Come on, producer. I was just like, shit together. Producer, like, I was like, it's definitely a fan that doesn't like me working in that room. But... <laughs> I think it was just always like, no guys, like accept me, accept me, accept me. And now I'm like, I'm Ric Flair's daughter and I'm that good. So I don't care. How much has that helped with, uh, and your- I feel like sometimes I have to tell myself that I like, bet. that's like, it's, it's so much all the time where like, I think if the people that really do care, mm-hmm. like they get like, I just didn't get it then. And now I get it that it's fun, whether they're booing or cheering, they're reacting. For somebody that uh, you said that you didn't like public speaking, you struggled with that. Now you are one hell of a promo. What was that journey for you to be able to? Because you go out and cut long. Oh, I've like, worked on it. Powerful promos. Who works with you on that? Um, I mean, I've had acting classes before, but I always like for me the promos. The problem was I always got in my head where I was like, I have to say everything word for word. And if like the sentence didn't come out right, I wouldn't like under like, I'm like, no, it's okay to take a pause. Like you it's okay to talk like a human. It's okay not to be robotic and kind of feel it. Like 
you know, know what the story is and say it. And I really just had to tell myself, like, if I mess up, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You're human. People mess up. And like, once I started like accepting that, that's when like the promos started to like come. And then like, like I said, the more confident I got, like, believe it, I've done all this, but I'm still more confident this year than I was last year, even, or I guess before COVID. It, it's just feeling it. Like I was always so scared to like, oh wait, can I say that? Can I not? No, it doesn't matter. Say it. Like yeah. it's, it's just go with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's, you know, for people that don't understand, like if you get a script for a promo and trying to memorize every single line, like that yeah. can be a really daunting and task. And you get so in your head, trying to wrap your yeah. head around what oh, beats typing to hit. it out for me works really okay. well. Like, yeah. and I remember, and I, I memorize in sections and I really do try to take bits and pieces and believe in what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it, it's like the bad guy that justifies themselves, right? That's what you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> Find a reason to make it matter. Get yes. these people all on board. Like Nikki still stole my title, guys. She stole it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she'll have to come back. Maybe. Where is she? Is she like going to fly in on me? Uh, who do you still want to work with? Who's on your list of people that you would love to get in the ring with? I've never had a program with Naomi. Oh my, what? How is that possible? How is that possible? No, I've never had a program with Naomi. Um, I'd love to work her. Uh, obviously, I've never had a long thing with Shayna or Nia. Uh, oh, you guys want NXT or Raw or whatever you want? Yeah, anyone that I haven't worked. Any promotion, but, anything but like anyone. Any um. I actually had a match with Bianca in NXT. But Bianca, for sure. Yeah. I mean, just more the merrier. Bring them all. Keep it coming. Keep yeah. them all rolling on in. Uh, okay, so you have a Bachelor of Science in Public Relations. Has that, has that helped you at all in your career? You know I paid attention in all my classes, Renee. I'm sure you did. <laughs> uh, no, I like... I, li- I, love, I, liked- I love, like, that's one of my favorite things, like, looking at people that I know before I interview. I'm like, oh, you went to school and, like, have a degree in something? And I didn't do any of public that. communications. Yeah, it's impressive. Actually, you really want to know something funny? My first semester at Appalachian State, I took creative writing. Oh. And I really liked it. But now I'm like, do I even know how to write a sentence? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, nobody has to, I don't to, know. Yeah. I just... No, I, but public relations, I always enjoyed, so Sex in the City, my favorite character. You want to be a Carrie Bradshaw? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that or, I mean, Carrie was my favorite character, but I was like, oh, Samantha, like, her job just looks so lavish. Like, I mean, your job looks pretty lavish, too. Now I'm like, I took the right path. You you got it. You've got a pretty good gig, I would say. Uh, Speaking of writing, in your uh, your book that you had uh, with your dad, your joint book, uh, Second Nature, you talked a lot about um, some of the domestic abuse that you went through. What was that like for you to just to go through something like that, but then to pull yourself out of it and get yourself back on the path that you're on now? Oh, man. Um, That was a hard right turn. Yeah. (laughs) Uh... Was it hard for you to write about that stuff? I think I I I put it in a drawer Mm -hmm. and just forgot about it. But I think like you have to believe in yourself. You have to value yourself. And where I was in my twenties, like I said, I didn't have a vision. I didn't know who I was. And like my parents 
had divorced right out of high school. And when my dad moved out and I went to college and then I quit volleyball, like I lost who I was like quitting volleyball and not having a team and a coach. Like I was like, I'm nothing. And finding wrestling, believe it or not, like people really don't understand. Like if you could see who I was before 2012, I was like scared of my own shadow and that self doubt, like to know that I found wrestling because of Reed, my brother and just running away from Charlotte. It's like, damn, you really can do anything you want if you put your mind to it. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Like, I went from being scared of my own shadow to main eventing WrestleMania with never having this as my dream. And that's just to anybody. Like, you don't have to stay where you are in life. Change the path. Change the course. I did that at 27. Was there a, a moment that the light bulb kind of went off that you were like, I need to take control of my own life here? I don't know, like not playing sports anymore really took a toll on me and like quitting volleyball. I'm like, man, how do you quit the one thing you love? Why did you quit? For a boy. That and then like my mom and dad being separated, like, yes, my dad is Ric Flair, but like he was very much dad. Like he took Reed and I everywhere. Like my older siblings, a different story, but like not having dad there, like that was not normal. Yeah. And then like, him being with another woman and living at a college that you don't go to and like knowing you're good at a sport and like not really fitting in. Like I didn't feel like I fit in, like just takes a toll on you. And then when I moved back to Charlotte, I started personal training. Mind you, I wasn't a good trainer. I was just really good at like (laughs) motivating the clients. Mm -hmm. I worked with all these executives in Charlotte that were older, that had these good jobs and like were paying this like young girl to train them. And I just listened to them and how they got started and they motive. I was like, I just fell in love with my job and like started working almost nine hours a day, like every day, just training. And I just listened to them. And when this wrestling opportunity from Johnny Laurinaitis came up at dinner, you're gonna Why do, aren't you you're in the gonna business, do kid? Johnny Ace, not in a Johnny Ace voice. I don't think that's been done before. I can't, I can't do it. Like, <laughs> what are you doing, kid? Hey, kid. Hey, kid. But it was just to motivate Reed, like piss off Reed. So when I went back and I started telling the clients, they were like, yo, you got to do this yeah. as well as my little brother. So that's when things started to like, maybe I will move to Florida. It's fun when you're at that point in your life, though, when you can do that. You pick up a U-Haul and you can feel a change so happening in your life. But but was what? it like a good scared? I was like, what am I doing? You were, well, you were completely by yourself. My husband at the time, we moved down there. He didn't. But I'm like in a U-Haul and then I'm in this like, you know, those dingy Camden apartments. Oh, yeah. Moved right in there in a studio and was like, what am I doing? I, I, I have no friends. What was your first day like walking in there and, and meeting everybody? Like, how'd that all go? So Norman Smiley is like so dear to me, like one of my first coaches and they handed me a piece of paper to write down like my name, where I'm from, blah, blah, blah. And I wrote down, I think like my dad's a wrestler, like something, but they thought I meant it as like Don Ric Flair's kid. Like, (laughs) okay. They didn't know how to take it from me, but like Dusty kind of took me aside because he was still there and he's like, baby, it's going to be hard, but I love you and I'll take care of you. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh boy. He's like, just work hard. So, I mean, this was what I did. I was like, okay, they're going to hate me the first two or three weeks. And did then, everybody hate you the first bit? I just don't think they knew what to think of me. Like, here I am showing up. I think Dean was there. Yeah, too. yeah it was about the same time, yeah. 
I just, he was rude, I swear to God. No, he wasn't rude. All right. I didn't know the etiquette of our business of what makes it special. And everyone probably thought that you would have known that I knew the etiquette. And they thought you were being a dick. So I was like, people were getting mad at me, but I'm like, I did not like. Someone shook my hand really softly, Uh and I thought they were being rude to me. But really, it's just part of the like etiquette. (laughs) Like, Like, what's with this dead fish? Like, I'm like, are they like disrespecting me? Yeah. Like. Give me no, a firm handshake, but that's but not I, how it goes. But once they saw me work extremely hard and they saw how athletic I was, they kind of like accepted me and took me in. You bust your ass at everything that you do. So I couldn't imagine somebody just thinking that you think you're just along for the ride or that you're just going to But it's not, it's a, not a even that. Spoon. People work so hard to get into this company. Yeah. And like, I've never denied that, yes, it was very easy for me to get in. But when I started, there was no woos. There was no last name. I could not do anything like my dad. And people didn't know this, but when I started at FCW, not even a year in was when Reed died. And then my dad and mom just like crumbled. If anyone knew those two years, they were the darkest two years of like my family's life after my brother died. So like getting through that there and like just engulfing myself into learning and following like it was with um, me, Sasha and Emma and Paige. There's other girls that aren't there, but still like that was the girls that I was learning from. And then Bailey came in later. Becky came in when we moved into the PC. Like that was the group. What do you think life would have been like had you not been in that path already during the time that Reed passed away? For you to have something to focus on. and uh, I don't know. Like I always say, I spent so much time trying to save his life. Ultimately, he saved mine. How important is it for you to pass the 16-time championships? Is it important to you to do that? Do you want to do that? I think I want to. <laughs> I don't know. Then, hey, be that bitch and ask for it. Do it. No, because I don't know. Take it. Because I don't know what it means. Like, if I surpass, like, are then they going to say it's Charlotte's dad? (laughs) Maybe. It's a step in the right direction. But if it's a thing that you want, I mean, as you've just been saying, you just, you got to go for the things that you want. You got to, you got to step up. Yes, I'm going to be the 16-time champion one day. 17 times. 17 times. 17 times. Cena better not beat me before. (laughs) Damn right. Going back to your time away, you're out, you're doing movies, you're doing television, you're really making a career for yourself, but for you to start in WWE, and like you said, you went on like one of the diva searches, get picked up, then you leave to go check out all these other, you know, avenues, then coming back. Have you always sort of had a bit of a map of what you wanted your career to look like, to have that plan, to know eventually I do want to come back to WWE, but also in that downtime, yes, starring in all these things, but also creating your own fashion line. Like you've created an empire for yourself and it's been really impressive to watch that build and grow. I just feel like you are on top of everything. Like you are a true businesswoman and it blows my mind to see everything that you've been able to accomplish. Well, Thank you very much. I mean, coming from you, that's a compliment considering you're killing it. Thank you. While pregnant, carrying a baby. I mean, I don't have no kids. So I have dogs. <laughs> I don't have kids. They're close. So, you know, um, thank you. That, that means a lot. I think it's just one of those things we live in such a, a cool time with social media that you're able to create a brand and be able to reach so many people that you want to be able to in the regular kind of day and day like 10 years ago. You can interact. You can sell a product online. Mm-hmm. You can interact with people from, from the UK in other countries, in other states that you normally couldn't do. So it's, it's kind of just trying to capitalize on that and grow my brand as much as I possibly can. And I think, you know, even when I was in college, I mean, my, my main dream was always to 
play professional soccer. Yeah. But also I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I went and got my degree in business. So I always have had kind of that just in me. Yeah. And being able to kind of step into WWE in 2013, it just allowed me to really leap and jump and kind of go. And if you fail, you fail. You start another one and you try again and you keep going. Have there been moments that you felt like you have failed or not succeeded in something that... Because, I mean, we see the successful part of everything on Instagram, but are there parts of it that maybe haven't been there that you've had to learn from to kind of pick yourself back up? Oh, for sure. All the time. I feel like that's kind of the nature of the beast. I fail more than I succeed. It's just kind of one of those things where even though I trip and I fall quite a lot, but obviously we all have to remember social media is definitely a highlight reel. You know, I, I share certain personal struggles that I go through, like everybody knows uh, I had posted just earlier today because I did an interview yesterday talking about just my alcoholism and addiction and, and going through that and showcasing that on Total Divas as well. But I'm not showcasing all of that because that's not that fun. You guys wanting to see me crying in a pillow or, you know, stomping my feet because things aren't going my way. Yeah. Nah. So it's just one of those things where, you know, after something fails or it doesn't work out, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, well, on to the next, dust yourself off. I allow myself 24, 48 hours to be upset Love about a it. a good window to let those I got it. I have to have, I have to have a, some junk. Totally. Yeah. I have to have a window or else it could go on a little bit too long. Um, so as long as, and then my husband can, you know, kick me in the booty after like, yo, it's been 48 hours. Like, let's yes. move on. That's what we need. You need someone that can give you that good little kick in the ass. Like, all right, you've yes. been sad. You got to like... Get yeah, it all exactly. out. Now it's time to pick yourself back up and get out there. Yeah. Um, was it really difficult for you to decide to be so public about your alcoholism and addiction issues? You know, I think it was one of those things where uh, I shared it yesterday as well. You know, in 2013, jumping into WWE, doing the Diva Search, then getting a developmental deal, and then all of a sudden going from a developmental contract to all of a sudden onto the main roster, and on top of that, Total Divas. a lot. It was kind of like game time decision in the sense of something that I used to be so ashamed and embarrassed about and didn't want anybody to know. Mm -hmm. Also, I didn't want anybody to take that power away from me. So I felt it was really important for me to have that narrative put out into the public first because that, that way I took the power away from anybody else yeah. because I said my story first on season one of Total Divas. And I think that's kind of, you know, where I'm grateful for the show to kind of showcase kind of those types yeah. of real issues but I think that's also another thing where social media is one of those you, you kind of pick and choose how much you want to share and, mm -hmm. and what you what you do or what you don't want to and kind of hopefully navigate those squiggly lines as best you can it seems like that's got to be difficult to find that balance because yes you do want to because you're helping a lot of people by putting it out there and being sure. public and showing that vulnerability. But yeah, at the same time, there's still certain parts of you that you want to protect. And that's got to be really hard to kind of strike that balance between what you show, what you don't show. Is it hard for you to, to kind of navigate that sometimes? You know, I think it used to be, but now I kind of feel a little bit kind of like an open book because I've already, I was on a reality show for six seasons. So I feel like that definitely like kind of broke the, those doors yeah, down. exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to kind of close it right back up. So I kind of feel that kind of helped me just go with the flow. How was your experience doing Total Divas? Because you came in like right off the bat. That's I remember, a, I remember, I will always remember seeing you and JoJo in the <laughs> elevator uh, in when we were at um, WrestleMania in New York. 
And so you guys being like, wait, who are these new girls? What's going on here? And for not sure. even knowing that Total Divas was going to be a thing. For sure. And you guys came in for that. But to come into WWE, doing a reality TV show, like you said, it's like so many different things popping up and figuring out that landscape. Like it's it, that's a lot for somebody to put on their plate. It definitely was so many things happening at once. And then on top of that, you have to think like, it's not just a reality show. It's like, you're also, this is your job. You know, you're trying to be a WWE superstar. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you're trying to navigate and learn the backstage etiquette. You're trying to learn all of the things that... All with a camera right in your face. Exactly. So it, it was definitely interesting, but I wouldn't change it for the world because I feel like Total Divas also opened up such a different demographic to the wrestling world and it showcased so many women killing it out there. You know, there's so many guys out here that I've met that are fans and we're like, oh my God, thank God for Total Divas because now my wife, my girlfriend, now she's going to turn into Monday Night Raw or SmackDown because they got to showcase and see these girls interacting, good, bad, or indifferent, and also trying to navigate relationships and and that whole kind of situation as well as travel and then storylines and TV and the other girls and and just like chaos. But at the end of the day, being a badass. So, you know, I really feel like Total Divas helped kind of put a lot more light on the women's division. I don't think people realize too, like like you said, it's a job. And sometimes you even forget it when you're in the middle of doing it. I mean, I did one season of doing Total Divas and I'm like, oh my God, how have these guys been doing this for so long? It is... It's a lot. I mean, even just coming up with what you want on the show, like what the storylines are going to be that you're doing on the show, uh, to wearing a mic pack 24-7. Good Lord. How annoying is that? Like, were you a little bit relieved when you stepped off of doing the show? That's a really good question because when I stepped away, obviously I knew I was going to miss the show because it became such a part of, like, the norm, Mm -hmm. which is kind of weird and creepy if you think about it. Um, But... Having a camera on like that, like yeah. I would wake up and be like, I'm still being filmed. Somebody's still filming me. Like I had, like, it was making me neurotic all the time. For sure. It's a trip. I mean, it is a trip. It definitely is kind of wild. And it also is one of those things where it's like, oh, it's getting you at really crazy vulnerable moments yeah. where you're like, damn, I really wish that it could get caught on camera, you know? Yeah. But that's kind of reality TV and why it kind of hooks everybody in. The nature of the beast. Yeah. You and Jonathan met so early on to yes. doing Total Divas, got engaged on the show. Yeah. You guys are going strong. You guys are a dream team. Yeah. You guys like you guys got together and just like thank, instantly thank, were thank, a pair, right? You, Hell yeah. How is I mean, you guys obviously have a great relationship now, but I mean he's been through all of these things with you through thick and thin. Yeah. What a guy. I wish he was here now. I know, I really do too. He is definitely my rock for sure because, you know, I am a little you didn't know it a little cuckoo for cocoa puffs um and he is for sure my anchor and plus uh it's awesome because we are really a team like he i have these all these crazy ideas and ideas hence like the businesses our fitness program and things like that and then he actually makes it happen yeah um He's, and be like the brains behind the just brains. Like connecting things i'm the, I'm the face that runs the place and, uh, <laughs> and he's the and he's the brains hell yes. <laughs> yeah was that weird to sort of have your relationship start with cameras on you you know what it really was not as much for me but for jonathan because he never wanted to really ever be in like entertainment or anything of that nature mm-hmm. so all of it was super weird for him and out of his comfort zone but 
after season one, that's when he started to like, okay, I guess I'm doing this. I'm going to buckle up. Guess I'm a reality star. <laughs> no, the Buck reality me. star is my dad. That oh my guy. God, I was going to ask, how's your dad? I love your dad oh so my, much. Oh my How gosh. is he? He's good. He's good. Thank you. He's um that guy. I mean, that guy needs his own show. He's a firecracker. I mean, you guys will see him back at home in the Bay Area and recognize him from Total Divas. And he's like, yes, of course, I'll take a photo. <laughs> Who yes, wants a photo? Who yeah. needs a photo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so, the best. Yeah, he Love eats it that up. dude. For sure. Uh, your relationship with the twins. So again, for you guys to all come in and kind of yeah. start all these things together. Totally. But you guys have really done a lot of parallels in terms of creating your own businesses sure. and being entrepreneurs and, and creating a name outside of just wrestling. Do you guys bounce ideas off each other? Do you still stay in touch very much? I should add Maurice into that conversation as well. I mean, she's done <laughs> yeah, she's so much. Too, totally. Um, Maurice and I talk actually quite often. The twins and I don't bounce ideas off one another, but, you know, obviously through social media and stuff, stay in contact. But, you know, it's one of those things where there's nothing better than to see other women, especially women that you worked with, out there murdering it, you yeah. know? And I know, obviously, on Total Divas, it shows myself and the twins kind of, like, always butting heads and, and things of that nature, them being the veterans and me just being that rookie. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's kind of like a sister. It's a sisterhood. So you you go through the, the pains and the, the trials, but then you work through it and you get over it, and then you're better for it. Back and on now, track. And now they're killing it. Entrepreneurs, moms. Crushing it. Crushing. Yeah. Moms getting it done. Getting it I, done. I look back at what they're doing. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know how you find the day. I've been a mom for a second. And I'm like, I have to leave the house today? What? Like, I'm not ready for Hence anything. why I, I don't no know kids because I see all of that. And I'm like, I don't know yeah, how they no. do it. It's nuts. Uh, you mentioned the Bay Area. How important is it for you to rep the Bay Area? I feel like you, like, wear that on your sleeve through and I through. Do. Bay Area, what's up? Yes. Uh, oh, I do. big Bay Area love. I okay. know, yes. All right. You know, it's really important for me because it's, the, it's my hometown. It's where I grew up. You know, I'm a diehard San Francisco Giants fan. So <laughs> Did don't just, be mad. Don't be mad. Don't be hating because we're number one. Um, you, just you know what I'm pitch? saying? Did you just throw out a picture? I did. Yes. I did. So That's stressful. Were you it worried was. you were going to botch it? Obviously, being the youngest of all boys, initially when I told my brothers this was happening, the first thing they say is, like, don't shit the bed. Of course. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Uh, but that was, like, a cool experience, too, because I, I got to, my parents got to come. A couple of my brothers got to come to the game as well. But it's important because it's, like, kind of, like, where I'm from, my, my roots. And it's one of those things where it gives me a really a lot of pride to represent the Bay, especially because there's a lot of trials and tribulations over there. Sure. So it's also one of those things where I, I, I want to be that kind of a, a little glimmer of hope, too, is that it doesn't matter where you're from or how you're raised just to keep going for whatever it is that you want. Because yeah. like we've kind of touched before, where it might look like the highlight reel on my social platforms, I have fallen many times and failed. So like repeated, repeated to continue up to do something better or have something work or have something hit or this actual dream to kind of go and grab. How do you keep things like that on track? I feel like sometimes if I fall or I feel like I'm not succeeding at something, I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I've got to start all over again. And it can feel like such an exhausting task to feel like you've got to spin something back up again or go back to the drawing board. Yeah. How do you kind of stay motivated for that? I think it is exhausting. It's really tiring. It's, it's actually, it's like heartbreaking too, but 
you, if you're that hungry and you're that passionate about something, whatever it is, you're going to get up and go again. It doesn't matter. Who are some of the people that you are trying to emulate your career after, specifically within wrestling? That's tough because there's so many. And I kind of feel like the way that I came into wrestling and the way that I'm kind of even coming back to wrestling is so different. I don't think there's going to be another superstar that comes in uh, <laughs> like me. Hell yeah. Or is going to kind of have the same kind of journey. So it's, it's difficult to kind of pinpoint one particular person. I feel like everyone just says The Rock. So yeah. I appreciate that you've not just... I mean, yeah, kudos to The Rock. He's doing fine. Yeah. We all know he's thriving. He's doing it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, when you see other superstars, I mean, like the twins, they're doing their thing. Dave yeah. Batista's out doing his thing. There's so many different people that have been able to really spin their time in WWE into such successful careers outside of this. It's cool to just sort of see how other people have navigated that oh, world. for sure, for sure. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I kind of want to continue to navigate and, and make my own little wave so that yeah. maybe maybe somebody coming in could want to emulate my path. Yeah, follow my path. Yeah, follow exactly. that. Exactly. Well, enjoy tomorrow. Have fun. Congratulations. Yes. All right. Guys, thanks again for hanging out with us, joining all things with the volume. We've had a ton of fun being out here as we're kicking all the things off with this podcast network. Uh, big shout out to Colin Coward for setting this all up for us and getting to come out here and be a part of SummerSlam. Yes. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me on this special edition of the Best of for Oral Sessions. We just mash up the best from the week, let you guys get the little highlights. You can go back and listen to the full-length episodes, should you choose to do so. I highly recommend it because there's some good stuff in there. It's really hard to cut these down because these chats can be so great. We, we, we really do have the best guests come on here and hang out, and I, I love being able to do that here on the show. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. You can go back and listen to more of the episodes. You can also watch these interviews on our YouTube page. You can just search Renee Paquette, search for The Volume Network, and you'll be able to find all the things. We've got the short clips. We've got the full-length interviews. Find them all in there. Like, subscribe, share, turn on the notifications, all that good stuff. We'll see you guys next time on Oral Sessions. Oral Sessions.